0: interpretation of, of jefferson ever
1: yeah, i mean you could say whatever I, you want about the founding fathers they're all probably scumbags but... oh
0: yeah by today's standards not great guys however all,
1: all cancelable but in terms of the play uh, thomas jefferson's a cool guy
0: this episode is brought to you by paramount plus Welcome to the Art of Costume Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass.
1: And I'm Secretary of State Spencer Williams. Hello, Elizabeth.
0: You'd make a good... Hello, Spencer. You'd make a good Secretary of State. You think so? I think. Maybe.
1: Sounds fun. I feel like I could do a good job. What does I think you could. what does a Secretary of State do again?
0: <laughs> you know what? Good question. What I do know is neither of us should be Secretary of the Treasury.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that is a faux show.
0: <laughs> I've made too many poor financial decisions recently. Yeah,
1: we were just be- before we started recording. Elizabeth and I had a long conversation about <laughs> our favorite game, Dreamlight <laughs> Valley, <laughs> where you. <laughs> We live in a neighborhood with Disney characters and we've been spending all of our money on our new friends. I mean, look, I needed Stitch to get his nice little costume for Halloween. I can't. I don't know what else to say.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I needed to bring Belle and Beast into the valley and they need a nice home. (laughs) Belle might be making some.
1: Oh my gosh. Poor
0: decision. You have to tell
1: everyone about this (laughs) drama in your neighborhood before we get into the episode.
0: (laughs) So, because I'm a nerd and I just spend way too much time on this game. Oh my gosh. I, (laughs) I brought, if you play Dreamlight Valley, you know, the last update, we can bring Belle and the Beast into the neighborhood. And they are now there. They have their home.
1: Yeah, they were and, high demand characters. All the fans yes. wanted Beast and Belle.
0: And Belle, yes, because they're amazing. But you know, Beast isn't out and about as much as Belle is. That's true. Yeah, and um, I have seen Belle and Prince Eric at uh, <laughs> Ratatouille's restaurant, <laughs> Remy's restaurant, quite a bit. <laughs> just sitting there casually asking for food and um I don't know. I don't it's it's suspicious to me. It just
1: feels like both of them are just exploring their options, which is interesting because yeah. we put in a lot of work to bring Beast and I mean, we gave Ariel legs. Yeah. Just for Eric to be dating around when she's, you know, back in her castle, but
0: Well, Yeah, but, like, I also feel like it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, oh, they have a lot in common with the drama they've had to go through with their significant others. And I'm, like, (laughs) is this bringing you together? (laughs) <laughs> at Remy's restaurant Prince Eric <laughs> Bell explanations This is,
1: this is so funny <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh man so anyways we, <laughs> we've been taking the fall season pretty hard <laughs> Yes <laughs> We miss spooky season we don't know what to do with ourselves
0: We don't uh, we don't
1: But with that being said We are now, uh, you know, in November, and we're starting to get in a lot of feedback from our spooky season. And, Elizabeth, our spooky season went off this year just like we thought it would. It
0: did! Thank you all so much. We were so excited for the lineup, and the fact that you all were equally as excited just made it all, all the planning
1: worth it. So worth it. I mean, we had basically our highest listenership. I mean, in like a year, that's so many new, so many new costume nerds joined the family this time yeah. around. So welcome. I know we're not talking yes. about anything spooky today, though. I could definitely say that what we were just talking about in Dreamlight Valley was pretty horrific. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, welcome to the family. There's so many new listeners and we're getting to so many fun costumes on the show. So if you don't like what you're listening to this week, we'll have a whole new movie genre next week. So just. Buckle yeah. in.
0: You never know what we might be <laughs> we never talking know. about. <laughs> we never know. No, this is true. But sometimes we just don't know.
1: <laughs> Elizabeth, I would love to read some of the comments we got. Though we got yeah. so many, it took me so long to compile everything. Um, the first episode in their spooky season was the interview of Aggie Rogers, which I absolutely loved. Um, I put out a poll for people to vote on their favorite Aggie Rogers film, and it was overwhelmingly *Beetlejuice*. Which, fair. yes, it's yeah, it's the best. So, absolutely. Um, and so many people were so inspired by that interview. It seemed even costume designer Trish Somerville, who. We might be talking to sometime in the near future. Uh, She left a comment saying, Aggie is amazing in all the ways, an inspiration and an advocate. And just that was kind of the general consensus I got from everyone who listened that that conversation was just so inspiring to them. And it was inspiring to me. So I definitely understood where everyone was coming from. Uh, And then next was Interview with the Vampire. And I was really trying to figure out which of the vampires was everyone's (laughs) favorite. And it sounds like a lot of us have some serious issues because Lestat was definitely the favorite. So... Uh,
0: Yeah, I... I don't understand that. And then I also... So I was inspired by watching the movie. I went and watched the TV series that came out last year. I finished it. I went back and finished it and it's so good if you if you liked the movie you'll like the TV series um it's very different but it's really fantastic oh good
1: because I've been wondering if I should watch it so this is my kick to do it
0: and it's pretty short it's not super long um there and there is a planned season two so that's exciting okay um but that made me like I like Lestat even less after (laughs) watching (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like he already like he was definitely not my favorite character. And then I watched the TV series and I was like, wow, Lestat's a terrible individual. <laughs>
1: I don't know, because he's so terrible and so messy. I do kind of have a soft spot for him. I actually think I was one of the people that voted for Lestat. So
0: I will say he's messier and more manipulative in the TV show. Mm. Like it, like the TV show. He's
1: awful which it's all and based dr- on the Anne Rice book so
0: yeah which now I'm like now I need to read this
1: <laughs> so <laughs> in a deep dive <laughs> uh what I was blown away by was the huge reception to our penny dreadful episode yeah
2: Elizabeth and I were
1: admittedly a little nervous because I we knew that this was a niche show And you either love the show or you've never even heard of it before. (laughs) Yeah. This was a gamble. And I think it paid off. People love the Penny Dreadful episode, um, which made me really happy. So much love for Vanessa Ives, the character. Pisces Moon 444 on Instagram said, this just made me bleed tears out of my eyes because I feel <laughs> Ava Green so much. Aww. Josh did awesome too. Love the show and miss it, which tears of blood. Feel is, that. <laughs> good way to put it. Um, love of the years on Instagram said, absolutely love the show. I remember watching the finale, not knowing it was a finale and being yep. shocked. <laughs> Beautiful costumes. Great acting. Great colors and aesthetic. I could go on and on and on about this show, which feel that, too, because I have been going on and on and on about it ever since we recorded.
0: Yeah. No. Oh, (laughs) I feel those comments so much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I miss Betty Dreadful. Um, So great. Uh, I was not prepared for the divisive conversations in sleepy hollow, another very popular episode and people love sleepy hollow. I was not prepared for the amount of sleepy hollow love. There was yeah. um, winter woods on Instagram said, I've been obsessed with this movie, the aesthetic and a costumes since 1999. It's one of my absolute favorites, which I get it. It was such a good film. Uh, but then there was a question for us, which I thought was really interesting. 80% Chromium on TikTok asked, do you think there's a connection with the striped dress and the bird in the cage? Uh, note that you see throughout the film.
0: Oh. Hmm.
1: I actually love that.
0: I do kind of love that, but also like,
1: hmm. I it almost I bet you it was something that Colleen Atwood like subtly thought about. Like They definitely yeah. thought about it. It had to have crossed someone's mind.
0: Because that, li- that little thing kind of like brought them together, mm-hmm. I feel like. And it
1: happens a lot. Um, yeah. So.
0: It's either that or just Tim Burton's general love of black
1: and white stripe. Well, I mean, we <laughs> have to talk about that because we, <laughs> I was, I thought people were going to start showing up to my house. I was getting so many comments. One person said, and I just had to read it. <laughs> They said, neither of you noticed the similarity to Jack Skellington's or Beetlejuice's outfit, the vertical stripes. And I was like, uh, we talk about that endlessly. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. We definitely see the references to Tim Burton throughout the film. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, that was definitely part of it was the stripes for sure. And then there was just... A overwhelming response to the black and white dress. Mm-hmm. People are obsessed with it. Totes not gay on Instagram said, "I've been dying for someone to talk about this movie." Just subscribe to the pod. And then someone else brought this up too. A few people brought this up. Uh, Crimson Count on TikTok said, "I can't remember the source, but I remember hearing somewhere that there is a subtle green threading to the black and white look." And at first I was like, okay. Hmm. But then I kept getting a comment over and over and over. And I stopped and looked at it. And I think there actually is. It's very subtle. Elizabeth has her microscope out right now. She's (laughs) observing.
0: (laughs) Possibly.
1: Possibly. I would, if anyone has a source to this, I would love for you to send it our way because no one was able to quote it. But it's just like this lore amongst people who work on this costume. So send it. Colleen our way.
0: Atwood, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah. would love some clarification. Um,
1: Colleen, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> um, and another note before we move on uh, Carlos Rosario on Instagram wrote, That's one of my favorite dresses that Colleen designed. I did the drawing for that costume and still have the original drawing. And I thought that was amazing. He actually sent over the drawing. I'm not gonna post it yeah. here just to like keep it personal. I don't know if he wants the image circulating, but Elizabeth and I got to check out the original sketch and it was sick. It's
0: beautiful. It's so gorgeous. So
1: gorgeous. So Carlos, we gotta talk. We gotta have you on the podcast.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and one last thing about Sleepy Hollow. The love for the crochet dress worn by Miranda Richardson. Elizabeth, you really, really spoke to people. You were not the same. <laughs> A lot of people felt the same way as you. Yeah. Um, but then I saw one comment, actually, that I thought was interesting. Uh, Patrick St. John on Instagram said, you should see the costume in person. It's actually not crochet. It's hand-rolled and hand-sewn strips of velvet that are sewn oh, to each other.
0: That would also make sense.
1: So, yeah, that's interesting. Possible. I believe them. But I do need to see it in person. That Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, But even if it is hand-sewn velvet strips, that's crazy talented. That makes me, yeah, it's even that more amazing. So... Yes, yeah, Sleepy Hollow really had people in the fields with this episode. And then finally, our Crimson Peak interview. So many people loved it, of course. Um, one costume ruled them all was definitely Lucille's red dress. Yes. Um, <laughs> Gabriella Vasic on Instagram said, I have such a deep love for this movie, and it doesn't surprise me at all to hear that. Detail was drawn at such a minute level. Absolutely stunning to hear a craftsman speak about their work. That's, of course, about Kate Hawley, who we love. Yes. Um, Bobby Salter on Instagram said, the most beautiful costumes ever. I love the design of the film. can not agree more. You know, I believe that it should have been Oscar nominated and Oscar winning.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Um, and then Pigment of Your Imagination on Instagram said, I was really looking forward to this episode and it did not disappoint. I listened to it all through class today while finishing my sewing project. Thanks for inspiration and motivation at the art of costume and Kate Holly. Happy Halloween.
2: Aww. Just
1: so sweet. And then to wrap everything up, Elizabeth, we got a really nice uh, message. I just wanted to read because it really made my day and kind of tear up a little bit. Um, it said, I love when everyone sends notes. It says, greetings, Spencer, Elizabeth and Daniel. I am reaching out to you to share my fondness and appreciation of your podcast I dream of working in film and TV costuming, and I've really been enjoying the content you've been creating to highlight the industry. I listen to your show all the time. Seriously, I even go back and listen to repeat episodes, which I love. I'm currently a fashion student at Otis College and enjoy having you in my ear while studying. You really helped inspire me and give me motivation to keep pursuing this career. I love the pieces and designers you choose to explore and find your discourse so interesting. There aren't too many resources out there for newcomers. I'm so hungry for info, and was delighted to discover you on Spotify. Your efforts really mean so much to me and the rest of the hashtag costumers out there. I started calling myself that now in parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, sharing gratitude to you all. You guys rock. All the best, Ava. And that just made me tear up a little bit. That was so sweet. Yeah.
0: You, you sent that in our group chat, and I was like, because I, I, we were talking about this. I had a bit of a rough, <laughs> rough week, and to see that, I was just like, oh, yeah. I'm glad you all like it.
1: Yeah. I mean, we we work really hard on this podcast, and sometimes it feels, you know, we wonder are we doing it right? Are we giving it Are all? Mm-hmm. our people loving what we're putting out? And, you know, just every once in a while, I get a little notes like this, it just makes it all feel worth it. So. Yeah. man thank you all so much it's so sweet um it's been a crazy year and we still have so much more great content coming out so yeah stay tuned we're already planning next year too so we are okay, get on board <laughs>
0: <laughs> we are but spencer
1: elizabeth
0: what did we what did we watch this week
1: <laughs> this week <laughs> so <laughs> this week for the podcast, we watched something we we're very excited about because we've never done anything like this on a podcast before.
0: Mm-mm. We
1: watched Hamilton now on disney plus
0: yes, our first Broadway production. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're very excited about this also because if you all have been with us for a little while, you will know that this episode was supposed to come out during the 4th of July holiday. But that's also yeah. when the beginnings of the SAG after strike came down. So this episode has been vaulted for a little while.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We just, we took a pause so, <laughs> you know, people could focus on the strikes and get in that info out there but now we're back it's time to bring it back out we, and we thought you know what november why not yeah
1: that feels almost kind of the right time i guess if you're into that yeah. sort of thing so let's dive into it, elizabeth
0: spencer why don't you give us a summary
1: um i will elizabeth hamilton is the real life story of one of america's foremost founding fathers and first secretary of the treasury alexander hamilton Hamilton on Disney Plus was captured live on Broadway in 2016 from the Richard Rodgers Theater with the original Broadway cast. And that is Hamilton.
0: Very exciting. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's how it goes. <laughs> uh, let's dive behind the costumes. Hamilton was directed by Thomas Kail. The book, music, and lyrics were written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, the mastermind behind this whole production. And the costumes were designed by someone who we love, costume designer Paul Tazewell.
0: Yes, uh,
1: you might remember Paul's work from when we did an episode. Gosh, was that last year on yeah. West Side Story? <laughs> that seems like forever ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul was nominated for an Oscar for that. If you remember us talking about those costumes, uh, some other notable works would be The Wiz Live, for which Paul uh, won an Emmy. The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, which featured Oprah. Uh, Paul did a costumes for Jesus Christ Our Live and Concert was nominated for an Emmy, which is pretty cool for Elizabeth, who's been working on a similar feature. Yeah. Uh, and Paul also did costumes for the film Harriet, uh, which uh, featured Cynthia Ervio. And then, uh, he, Paul, this is the first time where I was looking up a costume designer, and I actually had a Count multiple times how many nominations this person has. (laughs) Turns out the math is seven Tony nominations and a Tony win for Hamilton.
0: Well deserved.
1: Seriously. And, you know, I, of course, tried to reach out to Paul to have him on a podcast. He's a fan of the podcast. You know, he was kind of instrumental in sending us feedback on the West Side Story episode. So I reached out to Paul and I wasn't able to get in touch with him but then i figured he has the best excuse in the world
0: he does
1: because he's currently working on the costumes for an incredible film wicked starring cynthia Irvio and ariana grande so he's busy
0: yeah i can't wait i'm very excited for this
1: it's gonna be so good we actually have some pictures here just for elizabeth and i and they already all just like sneak peek behind the scenes pictures look really cool so they're also keeping it very hush hush so
0: yes Yes, they are. They are. They've been so like selective with what they've put out so far. And yeah. I'm like, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. <laughs>
1: that marketing team is probably up all day and all night. Um, and with that, just some behind the costume facts. You know, Paul has done plenty of interviews about this, but I actually would like to say that... Uh, some journalists need to maybe work a little bit harder on having like a strong record because they never seem to cite their sources very well. So I've been struggling (laughs) with this one. Um, That being said, uh, Paul said talking about preparing for this production, he said, I wouldn't have been able to design it without everything that came before all the productions I've done and experience of period research and character interpretation came together to be able to make Hamilton. Yeah, so just looking at all of his previous work, you could really see how it really led up to Hamilton and really just took his career to a whole new level. And also, so much about what Hamilton is is collaboration with other departments. You know, because this is a stage play. We never really talked about those before, but I mean, you would know Elizabeth. It's costume design, it's lighting, it's yeah. production, it's choreography. I mean, well... <laughs> there's a
0: lot of a lot of different factors <laughs> yeah. when you're. Designing something for the stage.
1: I love this having you as like a theater costume designer. This is cool, Elizabeth. <laughs> uh, Paul said in an interview with Vogue, we were just unpacking all of all of the possibilities and myriad ways that the show could be done. We we're trying to balance a historic scenario the people and established icons are founding fathers that we all studied in school with the contemporary language of hip hop in a very contemporary way where is the sweet spot for that to live yes and it's true they want us to feel modern and hip hop mm-hmm. but also you know it's george washington so yeah. how do you find that fine line
0: <laughs> absolutely and they do a great job and it like it's It's one of those things where it really all blends seamlessly. You don't think of anything as being out of place.
1: Yeah. It's just like such a fine line. Um, And going into the research for Hamilton, uh, Paul actually said in an interview of National Arts Club... Uh, in a live interview so in that interview our very own mariana sandoval at the art of costume attended a lot of these events and which is where a lot of these quotes come from so shout out to mariana uh in that interview he told the audience that he started taking reference paintings from the period to understand what people wore and how they wore it then he looked at different inspirations from the modern world taking elements from the past and transforming them this included paintings from many different artists and photo shoots from john galliano and alexander mcqueen so he's really merging the modern world and the world of alexander hamilton i love it which it's just so fun and with that elizabeth we're gonna take a little break and when we come back we have a ton of costumes to talk about all right Elizabeth I ready to get into the costumes of Hamilton
0: yes
1: <laughs> this is fun I'm excited so <laughs> let's just start from the beginning of Hamilton mm-hmm. one thing that you notice almost right away is the very uh Plain tan type colored costumes, and at first I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Uh, but then, as I started doing research, Paul really has such great reasoning for why these characters are in that uh, tan color, or as Paul calls it, a parchment color. So, Paul explains while the ensemble wears a creamy neutral tone like parchment paper. The leads stand out, which is why the leads will be in a more of a pop of color and everyone around them will be in this parchment type color. But also these costumes are still a little, little bit more modern, too. If you notice the pants are a little bit more fitted. They're wearing these great boots. And it's kind of to help the audience relate to this, the, the ensemble cast, kind of like a jeans, T-shirt, sneakers type of vibe. So it's a little bit more modern While also kind of just like being a part of the background.
0: I I love this look so, so much. It's probably my favorite of the whole (laughs) production is the ensemble. Oh, really? Yes. So my favorite costume film of all time does something very similar. Mm -hmm. And I love it because it's so versatile and it just lets people act. And it's like, you can add things because like, all right, now we're doing this. So let's just add this real quick thing. And it tells the story in a much more bold way, I think, than having like super elaborate costumes.
1: Right. Which actually brings me to the quote I want to read. It's one of my favorite quotes about costume design of all time. And I think I've brought this quote up in other episodes but when talking about these costumes and just Hamilton in general Paul said in a uh, we don't have the source so I <laughs> whoever got this quote props to you because it's so good but it's never been cited uh, but Paul said I think basic theater goers realize when a costume is sparkly and glamorous and they realize when it's wrong but if it's right then it should get out of the way the costume shouldn't go away, but it should get out of the way. So you can be in the moment and experience this world. And I just think that's so cool that the costume is so right. That just is able to immerse you in the moment and not just, you know, taking advantage of the camera and your eye and lets you enjoy yes. the story, uh, which is so important in this film. Cause uh, I don't know if you ever saw the subtitles for Hamilton, but they go pretty quickly. So
0: I have not, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I love it so much. And the, the film I'm thinking about is, um, the Much Ado About Nothing from mm. 1994 with Denzel Washington. Like, s- kind of the same concept. And I love it in that. And in this, I think it's, like, much more bold than in uh, the movie. This is much more bold and more meaningful to the overall story.
1: And I think you actually got to one of the points that you were talking about because uh, Paul said in an interview of Vogue that the pale parchment color was chosen to allude to Hamilton's writings. And they felt like having these costumes, they were able to add things on, add different colors, add different pieces on. So it's almost was like working as like a blank palette for people to, uh, for the costume designer to be able to draw upon and for characters to add on to. So. I think you nailed it, Elizabeth. <laughs>
0: I, I love that. I love that. So, I love that. It's it's not like trying to... I feel... One of the things I like about Hamilton is like, I feel like it's not trying to make any particular actor like this historic person. It's just trying to tell the story of that historic person. So I love that.
1: Uh, speaking of historic people, at the beginning of the production, we get to meet Aaron Burr. Aaron Burr!
0: Um, uh, sorry. <laughs>
1: played by leslie odom jr uh aaron burr starts in a raisin color and is never in that parchment color i was years ago two years ago i produced a conversation with paul uh, where we had him do an interview with fidem and it's on youtube you can all watch it i'll put in the show notes after Um, So that was never transcribed. But I went back and listened to the audio tape this morning and he said that Aaron Burr starts in a raisin color and never parchment because Aaron Burr is actually supposed to be the narrator of the story. And therefore he is not a page of Hamilton's book, which is why he's never in a parchment color, which I just thought that was badass. That That is is amazing
0: (laughs) because he is underneath that. It is pure white. It's not. Yeah, it's not any other shade.
1: Like, only nerds like us would ever <laughs> see something like that be like, whoa. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just I mean, love that.
0: It's. I love it, too. It's so smart.
1: Yeah, it's so good. Uh, let's get into, let's start to introduce some characters. We have John Lawrence, Alexander Hamilton, of course, mm-hmm. Marquis de Lafayette, and Hercules Mulligan at the mm-hmm. beginning of the play. And they each kind of are, like, in their working coats, you know, very... Uh, 18th century, uh, mm-hmm. but the east each have their own identity too. Uh, Paul noted that Hamilton was in a worker's coat that was kind of inspired by his uh, upbringing in the Caribbean islands, which is a suede.
0: I, yeah, I really like all these. I also like how it, they kind of you can see the different like social classes
1: mm-hmm.
0: like obviously Lafayette has the nicest coat because <laughs> <laughs> he's just like a marquee from France, like over here being like, yeah, let's start a revolution <laughs> in my <Yeah. laughs> very nice blue velvet coat. And then John and Hercules, they're clearly like Hamilton, more working class, like not not all the money, so much more yeah. industrious and used like lafayette's coat doesn't look as used as theirs do
1: right i would totally agree with that i always thought uh, hercules mulligan's beanie was like an interesting choice i don't know <laughs> Did people were beanies back then or is it just to make it a little bit more I mean, like hip-hop
0: i mean there were knit caps for sure for the winter but I, yeah. I think that was more a character choice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, it's cool. I love it. I wouldn't do it, do it without it. It yeah. fits.
0: And I mean, it fits the whole more like modern hip hop aesthetic.
1: Right. <laughs> uh, but I want to jump into the Skylar sisters. My favorites, honestly. This song, the Skylar sisters. I, yeah. You, you should hear my shower rendition.
0: <laughs> I, was, I was listening to it in the shower this morning too. And I was like, yes, work, work.
1: <laughs> it's so good. And I just like, you know, we talked about this when we did West Side Story, but Paul yeah. Taswell is a master of like using color. Yeah. If you remember, we talked about like that yellow and red dress he did for Maria when we said that she's kind of like the sun. Mm-hmm. I feel like he did the same thing with the Skylar sisters and just the use of color in his play in general.
0: Absolutely. And I think it like it's very good at depicting their individual personalities. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Eliza, you know, she's a very brave woman, like speaks her mind, but she's still very much like a lady of the time, like Mm -hmm. not nearly still like soft and like reserved Whereas, like, Angelica, she's out here in orange. She's, like, (laughs) doing the most out of all the sisters. (laughs) And then poor Peggy.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny you say those things because, actually, it seemed like Paul had the least to say about Peggy. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, getting into the Skylar sisters, uh, first of all, they're all in taffeta. Mm. Uh, they called it Skyler's sister Taffeta. Yeah, um, and Paul said in that YouTube uh, interview, I was talking about that Eliza has a lot of scenes of Hamilton, so he wanted to keep Eliza in cooler colors because she's more forefright. She's solid, strong, intelligent. You know, she's similar to Angelica in ways, like you said, but she's a little bit more of calm, a lady at the times, and less of a socialite compared to angelica schuyler who is the most socialite of all of them he used a bruised pink silk taffeta uh, shot through with a solar gold hue to feel like an 18th century painting but also because there's an energy about her that felt like the sun just very warm and that was in an interview with vogue Uh, Which I'm like, yeah, again, you know, Angelica kind of is like the son that these sisters kind of revolve around. Oh, yeah. Hamilton revolves around her. You know, everyone just is obsessed with Angelica.
0: Uh, Yeah. I mean... I know this is a story all about Hamilton, but I do think Angelica is my favorite character. Oh followed yeah, followed up sure. by Eliza. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, Hamilton's not in the top three for me. <laughs> Sorry, it, it's Hamilton.
0: it's definitely it's definitely the ladies of his life that yeah. <laughs> make this play.
1: And then talking about Peggy, <laughs> what I got from Paul is that you know he wanted Peggy's color to work with Eliza and mm-hmm. Angelica. And, you know, he wanted her to have a separate color, but that's, you know, just neighboring. So that's why she's in the yellow. So, yeah. you know, we love you, Peggy. We You're love great. you,
0: Peggy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She. I mean, that really is really what that color does. Um, <laughs> you just flipped to probably my third favorite character. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's fair. Actually, probably my second. <laughs> King
0: George.
1: Uh Jonathan Groff plays King George and it is brilliant. The w- songs I know That's the mer- most words to are his songs, honestly.
0: Uh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the way he comes out in literally the most English get king get up you could possibly ever have.
1: Yeah, which actually was very <laughs> intentional. Uh he looks very heavy, which Paul was saying. That's very intentional. Everyone in a production are like young revolutionaries. You know, they're all like young kids in the streets and love and game talking about this whole like independence thing contrasting is their oppressor the very heavy King George who is literally wearing the most and Mm -hmm. even said the original crown was very heavy and was made out of metal originally just because it was just bringing everything down um, and being stuck in history which I would say very much is what the royal family (laughs) even is up to today so it's like I know they eventually (laughs) brought the metal out of the crown out or brought it down but at first it was just like very heavy and which is why I would say you know King George's dance move is just the movement of the <laughs> shoulders because that's yeah. all he can do
0: <laughs> it, it's just it's so good and it it's so it's so funny because like now when I see him I think of Queen Charlotte the TV yes. series
1: and <laughs> that King
0: George and I'm like these two King Georges cannot live in my mind. They have to be like separate entities. They,
1: I had to remind myself today. I was like, oh, this is supposed to be the same King George. That is insane yes.
0: to Yes! <laughs> as the same King George as the hot Queen Charlotte King George.
1: Yeah. I always imagined King George like, these in the hot King George. <laughs> that just hit me just now. <laughs> I mean,
0: Jonathan Groff is a, is a good looking man. Um, mm
1: mm-hmm. But not yeah, exactly rest in, in peace this. to Mind By the way, on Netflix, yeah, I wish yeah. they kept that show going. You bastards. <laughs> um, <laughs> then we have uh, Chris Jackson who plays George Washington. Yes. Which We're just Elizabeth... going
0: through my favorite characters in order. Apparently. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, it's the order of the so. <laughs> uh Elizabeth, you just went to see George Washington's monument. Did it hold yes. up to Chris Jackson's performance?
0: Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, (laughs) is i was like i was like i was so stressed out i think i blacked out a little bit (laughs) when i was there but it was like like it's just it's just so tall (laughs) and it's so wide (laughs) and i just like i wasn't expecting that
1: you didn't see like the first spider-man movie when he like
0: well yeah but like that's on my tv screen so it's like that big <laughs> I, I wanted to go like in but there were all the tickets were sold out oh, i also forgot that it was like built in stages so it's like from far away it all looks like one color but up close it's not
1: mm-hmm. this episode was not sponsored by the washington monument if anyone's starting to get that impression it wasn't <laughs> I was
0: just, I was, I was shocked (laughs) in my state of anxiety.
1: (laughs) Well, back to George Washington and his costume. I always like this costume because, you know, it's kind of the George Washington we know with the hat. The hat is what screams George Washington to me. Yeah. But still like a very like modern take on a costume. It still feels cool. Hip hop. You know, he has some of the best raps going on. Um, does so i always love this costume
0: uh i love it too i love the simplicity they put in the coat i think that's like they were paul retains the elements you need to like recognize it as like a coat worn by um the american army but like it's bold enough to like stand out and like not just not be doing too much
1: right yeah, exactly. And speaking of the coats, I mean, everyone gets one too, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, I love seeing you know, there's not a lot of costume changes in this uh, production, as we kind of mentioned earlier. They're always wearing like that kind of like beige parchment color, and kind of build onto it. So it is kind of exciting to see them like build onto it with the military coats before we get to the second half of the play, which you know, always good times. Building (laughs) on the costume. (laughs) And with that, Elizabeth, we need to take a little intermission. An
0: intermission? All right. Yeah,
1: before we get to the second part of the play.
0: Is King George going to talk us in and out of this intermission?
1: Maybe Daniel. Maybe Daniel.
0: Daniel, get on that. (laughs)
2: this is dan audio engineer of the podcast here to let you know that if you wanted to support the show you can head over to theartofcostume.com slash pod there you can buy some awesome Tee Public merch with the podcast logo such as a shirt coffee mug stickers and of course a baby onesie thanks for all your support
0: lovely intermission introduction daniel (laughs) and we have grown up hamilton which is how i always think of hamilton in act two (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) the hamilton we all remember from our textbooks kind of do you know how funny it is to me how many people think hamilton was a president and i want to bang my head against my keyboard
0: uh, I'm not shocked. Our educational system's not great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, well, Hamilton was never president. No. He was the Secretary of Treasury, the first one, which is brings us to our next costume. We're going to talk about uh, one of the few directives that Lin Manuel Miranda gave to designer Paul Taswell about his costume was that in the second act he wanted Hamilton's color to be green. Because green is the color of money And when he becomes Secretary of Treasury It's just all green It's actually funny I found a portrait Allegedly of Alexander Hamilton And he's wearing green too So I'd like to imagine that this guy was Feeling himself feeling the money And wearing green in his everyday life But that's just fun costumes The green with
0: like the gold
1: That that cash and coin (laughs) (laughs) Hamilton was feeling himself (laughs) (laughs)
0: probably at this point in his life absolutely
1: (laughs) yeah uh but the green looks so good on lin-manuel miranda too i love that emerald
0: yeah it's a a great choice
1: and another character who ends up fitting themselves is (laughs) david diggs as thomas jefferson
0: Jefferson. oh gosh probably the best Interpretation of of Jefferson ever,
1: <laughs> right? You he, he can't help but like kind of like him. I mean, yeah. you could say whatever I... you want about the founding fathers; they're all probably scumbags. But... Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> by today's standards, not great guys. However,
1: all, all cancelable. But in terms of the play, uh, Thomas Jefferson's a cool guy, and originally he was supposed to be wearing a brown velvet jacket, but Diggs' energy undid this notion pretty quickly. Uh, for paul taswell and he said in an interview of vogue there need to be a bolder sense about him so i made a choice to go off this uh, amalgamation of prince and Jimi hendrix which seemed true to the image of david naturally his persona and then as he played thomas jefferson so you're gonna see uh as you all remember from the play that he wears a lot of purple purple velvet and it looks so good. I mean, he looks amazing. Gives so good. Very strong Prince vibes. The moment yes. you see him.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I love this look. Especially because like Jefferson has so much energy in this yeah. play. Like <laughs> David goes like, oh, oh gosh. <laughs> just knocking my headphones off. Elizabeth um, just
1: punched herself in the head.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> I can't believe i just did that uh david goes all in on this character like even more than he does for lafayette and he goes like all in for lafayette as well yeah but that like jefferson he just gives him like such a powerful energy such a commanding energy uh so Seriously. i th- i think that was like a great choice to just move it to that like that dark like purple color
1: yeah, especially against the ensemble behind him, that purple color just like pops so strongly. Oh, yeah. I I just can't get enough of it every time. I've actually seen Hamilton in person twice, not the original cast, but um in LA, and yeah, that purple just hits even in real life too. It's just so good. I love the purple too when we get into the first cabinet battle when you yes. see the purple against the green. Just the colors are just working so hard in these scenes in the second half of the production. They so Paul Paul just kills it with the color.
0: Yeah, they really are. They're like, oh, they are they are fighting on all fronts, yeah. verbally <laughs> and their
1: wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's literally a battle of the costumes. And honestly I have to say Jefferson's winning in yes. the sense of the costume and for me.
0: I also just love how you can like see like yes. They're both, like, very important members of our government. But you can see, like, the, like, status disparity between the two of them still. Mm,
2: Yeah, that's true. Because,
0: like, even though Hamilton's, like, climbed so high, even in this world, it's like, yeah, the rich landowner from Virginia is always going to be, like, a little more, a little more important, which... I feel like Jefferson definitely thinks he is
2: um,
0: <laughs> like because he has just like so much. So like all the buttons and Hamilton is just like, yeah, like you you can have that. I'm in charge of the money.
1: <laughs> Jefferson's very embellished and Hamilton is still a little bit more grounded. Oh, man, that's such a good point, Elizabeth. It just really does such a great job. Uh, so Eliza and Angelica get some costume yes. updates as well. They're still in those same original colors, but it's a little bit more polished as the time period changes a little bit. Um, yeah, it's a little,
0: it's a little more grown up.
1: Yeah, you know they're not just walking around the streets singing about no. <laughs> finding
0: a man. They have yeah. men
1: now. <laughs> now they're ladies of the time. Yes. And, Uh, The detail on Angelica's costume is just really cool.
0: Yes. I also love that she has, like, the like, it looks more like a riding or like a walking outfit to say, like, she's still, she's still, like, living her life to the fullest, but, you know, she's got other responsibilities now.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We're talking about the song uh, Take a Break, by the way, which is such a good one. And then.
0: A red dress comes along.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yay. We haven't had a red dress alert in a long time it's on been this podcast. so
0: long.
1: Red it's... dress alert with Maria Reynolds. Uh,
0: yeah, who's up to formerly, no good.
1: <laughs> who, as you might remember, was Peggy until Peggy actually died.
0: Oh my uh, gosh. Wait, what?
1: <laughs> you didn't know this?
0: Peggy dies during the play?
1: Well, you don't see her die, but... She dies. Oh, in,
0: during the course of history, okay. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think she died pretty young, but I'm no, not I a was, Peggy Schuyler expert. But uh, I was
0: unaware, but I also realized, like, because I know they're pretty much all like double cast, but for some reason, I never made that connection. Wow, she has range. She has a lot of range. Yeah.
1: She has range. Uh, Maria Reynolds is wearing this red, very kind of uh, sensual. I love like. The straps going across the bodice is very kind of, like, S&M in ways that, like, you know, 18th century would be.
0: What I love is that it's only, there's only, like, one side of, quote-unquote, lacing. Yeah. And it's like she's missing the other side. She's like, it's half done for you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So hot. So spicy. (laughs) This dress is, like, the epitome of spicy.
0: And... The 18th century, yeah, yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> the oh color. Goodness. If if, yeah. if she pushes her her sleeves up anymore, she's gonna be show- showing some elbows, Spencer.
1: That would be that would be the most spicy. I'd probably fall down right now. Right, right. Uh, looking at a sketch of Paul Taswell's, it looks like it was Beautiful. supposed to be even spicier too. It was going even lower. Yeah. So it definitely was saw elbows in there.
0: Oh, yeah. You would have, for sure. <laughs> Scandalous.
1: <laughs>
0: my favorite
2: song!
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, toward the end of the musical, we have the song Burn, which Philippa Sue uh, just kills it as yes. Eliza with the burning yes. of the letters and stuff. Man, that song hits.
0: <sighs> she is she my two favorite songs, and this is number two. Yeah, I love, because I believe historically wise it's like the early 1800s at this point so we're going more into like the regency era with like the empire waste and it just like it holds that like essence of eliza which i like because it's so in contrast to what she's currently doing it's like Mm -hmm. she's not normally this person but she has been pushed over the edge
1: yeah she's had it
0: yeah rightfully so uh
1: yeah i love i love what you said too about like we're now in the 1800s just starting to see a little bit of an empire waistline which i honestly never noticed until like very recently um but she's still like in her eliza colors but they're changing a little bit and she's you know feeling very vulnerable and sad but also just like really taking in the spotlight and starting to just she's had it like you said she's had it Mm -hmm. with these dumb men and we're ready to just let's move on from this chapter until things change but
2: yeah
0: (laughs) and it's like uh, during an era where like divorce isn't really an option yeah you're gonna burn all the letters
1: (laughs) yeah oh man that's such a great scene and it looks even more brilliant when we see our entire cast lined up at the end yeah Uh, everyone looks so good we have the parchment colors back but it's now like very like formal sophisticated costumes all just as these pages of hamilton's story next to you know lin-manuel who's in like a very proper i guess i want to say tuxedo but not really um
0: yeah i mean it's just of the time but it's all black
1: yeah very formal look
0: yes you know me i don't cry terribly easily that last song when Eliza starts singing it gets me
1: <laughs> I, I to be honest with you i almost never watch the second half of this play because i cried too much at the end <laughs>
0: no, i was lit- i was listening to the soundtrack in my car the other day getting ready and this comes along and i'm like i'm about to go into work i cannot
1: cry <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad every time uh, uh, yeah when they're like getting back together and you hear like the piano. Oh, that's so sad.
0: Yeah, when she's when she's talking about like everything she did after he died, I'm like, you go, girl. You be the widow with the most. <laughs> like... Yeah,
1: you, she killed it, Eliza. You're <laughs> you killed it, girl. Um, my favorite song is actually Satisfied, though. When oh, Angelica that's... kills it with the rap, oh man.
0: Oh, that's definitely like the top three for me.
1: <laughs> and with that, we are at the end. Uh, Of Hamilton. That was fun. Uh, But we're not done yet, Elizabeth. We have to play our favorite game.
0: We do. Spencer, are you ready?
1: Let's do it. Hit it, Daniel.
0: The one costume to rule them all. Spencer, what was your one costume to rule them all?
1: Mm, I don't know. I kind of feel like I'm changing a little bit but not really. I'm really torn between two. I think I'm switching mine, Elizabeth. I was going to say Angelica Schuyler's first look in okay. that vibrant taffeta, but I think I'm switching to Thomas Jefferson.
0: Ooh, that, okay. Just okay. Just like
1: hearing a story of how it was supposed to be like this like brown look. But then as they start to do the play, they're like, no, this guy has such an energy. It's <laughs> getting very Prince and Jimi Hendrix vibe. So I just love that purple. It looks so great. And it just says so much about the character. So that's my one costume to rule them all.
0: My one costume to rule them all is probably unsurprisingly, just the ensemble oh. costumes. I just cause that. like, they're so powerful. They have so much meaning. They're so versatile. They do exactly what a costume should. And it's honestly like when I think about the costumes of Hamilton, it is the first thing that comes to my mind is the ensemble costumes. It's what I always think of first.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I love seeing them like move around the country too. And just like such like they're minimalist, but then so symbolic. And you just yeah. like recognize the imagery of them along with Hamilton. So uh, good choice. And we actually got some listener one costume rule them malls. I reached out ahead of time on our Instagram. So make sure you follow us on Instagram at the Art of Costume Pod. So you could have a chance to get in on some of this and end up on a podcast. Uh, Kellum03 on Instagram said that their favorite, their oh. one costume rule them mall was actually the Liza Byrne dress. Which Ooh. I'm like, I get it.
0: I get it. I get it. With the song. <laughs> and like... Yeah. She's lighting the letters on fire, literally. Yeah. It's like, ooh, that's the little yeah. empire
1: waste. Yeah, that's a good one. And then uh one of our favorite guests, Natalie Lucia, said that her favorite look was actually the Maria Reynolds oh, dress.
0: Ooh, the so, red dress. Yeah, our
1: listeners are feeling spicy today. <laughs> they
0: are. <laughs> I love it. That is such a great look.
1: <laughs> Especially like for the... how
0: little, how little like that character is in it. It's just like a Popping like gone yeah
1: yeah yeah it just does the work it needs to do pretty quickly
0: (laughs) it does and if you would like to tell us your one costume to rule them all you can leave us a voicemail at 626-515-1826 or email us at theartofcostume at gmail.com spencer What do we have in store for next week?
1: I am very excited. Definitely a big uh, shift in content. Uh, We are still kind of talking about uh, messed up governments or the birth of a government, I would say.
0: (laughs) Or what might happen should our society as it exists fall?
1: (laughs) We are traveling to the messed up world of Pan Am to watch the new film The Hunger Games The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes.
0: Yes. Elizabeth,
1: I got to see this movie early and it is a it is a lot. It's very good. It's crazy.
0: I I'm so excited to see this. Um cuz I didn't even realize there was another Hunger Games book. (laughs) Um, And then I saw this and I was like, oh, that's cool that like they're using movies to kind of like fill in the backstory of the Hunger Games. And then we were talking at one point and you were like, no, there's another book. And I was like, well,
1: (laughs) there you go. Now I
0: have to add this to the list.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm very excited for this episode. I'm excited for Elizabeth Mm -hmm. to see it. And. Most of all, I'm excited because we're going to be joined by a costume designer that I very much look up to. Costume designer Trish Somerville, who designed the costumes for Hunger Games Catching Fire 10 years ago, has returned to design the costumes for the Battle of the Songbirds and Snakes. I'm very excited for you all to meet her. Uh, she was the first costume designer I ever met 10 years ago. And it's because of Trish Somerville is. I fell in love with costume design and went on to start the art of costume one day. So it's kind of like a full circle moment for this interview, honestly.
0: Absolutely. And in the meantime, if you would like some more content from us, you can visit us at the art of costume pod on Instagram at the art of costume on TikTok. If you need some cozy art of costume merch, you can hit up the art of slash pod store And if you loved what you heard, uh, we would really appreciate it if you left us a five-star text review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify.
1: it really does help. You leave lots of nice comments, so maybe move it into a review format on Apple Podcasts. That would be really appreciated. It would
0: (laughs) be so helpful.
1: Elizabeth, I'm so excited for next week. And to all of you, may the odds be ever in your favor.
0: Everyone. Have a fantastic week.
2: The Art of Costume podcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on TikTok at The Art of Costume and Instagram at The Art of Costume Pod. If you want to support the show, go to TheArtOfCostume.com slash podstore. For more podcast updates, costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, go to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design.